0: Touch judges are ready. Side of studio. Referee. Players are lined up. Microphones in hand for the restart. It's now time to form The Rock. The Sunday Rugby Show. Featuring Wallaby legends Tim Horan
1: and Matt Burke.
2: Sensational
1: effort. The Rock. The Castrol Edge Rugby Championship starts August 17th. Tickets on sale now. Ticketech.com.au. Hello, good morning and welcome to the show and a very special Happy Father's Day to all those dads out there. Hope you've had a good morning, a bit of Brekkie in bed, Timmy Horan, uh,
3: Matt Burke, how'd it go for you this morning? Yeah, Burke, um, I'm not sure about you, you got uh, four very young daughters, but um, I don't think I didn't get anywhere close to breakfast in bed this morning. One of my daughters got home at 4.45am, so oh. I don't think there's going to be breakfast, lunch. She might, she maybe get, up, she might get up for dinner. Well, so, she well, could I mean, cook your
1: breakfast might... as soon as she got in, really. You yeah, would have been
3: almost ready done. to get up at that point. Of course, you're home <laughs> every <neighbor>, early. <laughs> a a baking <laughs> an egg <laughs> muffin, <laughs> perhaps, at <laughs> the same time. <laughs> wow. it's what, is
1: there a curfew in the Warren household? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, there is.
0: She's just make like, sure you the... come
1: home. What father of the year. <laughs>
0: that is terrific. <all. Yeah>. Combined. Exactly right. What did I do this morning? Everyone was asleep in my house. Um, so They all get
1: in at 4.45? They, they all got up at
0: 4.45, <laughs> piled in the bed, and the only thing they could worry about it was, Dad, can I borrow your phone? or to play some games. Oh. So they're the young ones at the moment. So we're going to go home, and uh, there's a couple of family coming around, so we'll have a bit of a, a shindig this afternoon. A shindig?
3: Well, the, only, see, all right. well, the only, only person I want, burger, I just want the remote control for the day. That's all. Is that right? Yeah, that's all. Just the remote control for the day. You've forgotten
0: what it's like when you're on
3: tour. Because when we used to room with you yeah, you know, you'd get in there
0: and say, right, who's had more test matches? You go, oh, you have. So I get control of the remote. I get control of the remote. So you need to dominate. Yeah, I think it was a bit of bullying back in the day. <laughs> of
1: course it was. <laughs> of course I was. You don't have a kind of your own, own space, Timmy, your own man cave.
3: No, I, oh, I used to when the kids were younger, but not, not anymore. So right. um, three kids, and they sort of rule uh, the, the remote control. So um, You've got a yeah. pretty
1: good Father's Day present, though, because so if, if what I read is the truth, mm-hmm. uh, your son Alex has yes. made the under-16 Queensland rugby side.
3: Yeah, it's uh, a bit of fun for him. So they play a bit of a, a comp down in Sydney, I think about two or three weeks' time. So um, alongside of um, Sam Scott Young's young boy as Angus. well. Uh, Angus. Yeah, so... Um, but uh, you know, I don't get too involved in the young fellows' footy, but uh, it's uh, certainly great to uh, to see him sort of make that Queensland team, and um, I think um, you know going down to Sydney's a good little trip for them. So
1: Sam's got young, of course. Didn't his Angus got the same? Uh, you know,
3: didn't he wink at the harker? The same gene as Sammy. Mm. Um, yeah. No, he's a bit softer. He's a little <laughs> bit softer. <laughs> <He's a laughs> well, nice Sam, used, Sam right? was obviously very well remembered for walking up to, to the all-black harker yeah. as a, and, and winking to the harker. And we were, he's got stretch marks on his jersey. We were trying to pull him back. You know, so. <laughs> Do you know, uh, also, there,
0: there's actually, um, I mean for a selection, there's actually a prerequisite of getting two old like former players in there, so I think that's where they, they fit it in. But you know, Tim, Timmy, is right. always, <laughs> he's yeah. always on the phone. Um, yeah. He's going well, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, fathers, enjoy your day. Have a good We've got plenty on the show. Soon we'll be speaking to David Pocock. Uh, there's plenty to come, even though there wasn't any international rugby. Plenty to talk about right here on The Rock on Triple M.
0: This is The Rock, the
2: Sunday rugby show.
1: Israel Folau, there's been a lot of talk about what his future holds, whether he will, in fact, change codes, maybe go for a fourth or fifth code. Uh, I think the the Sydney Croquet Club has been looking at him and thought maybe he'd be very good at that. (laughs) He would be. There is now talk, though, that he is close to and he will stay uh, with the Waratahs.
0: Has he actually signed, Berkey? I think he has signed. It was uh, the other day. Um, He went out to his local school Mm -hmm. and uh, did the announcement that he was going to be staying with the Wallis for another two years and also with the Waratahs. So... Which is a, a a great thing, as I mentioned in my article today. I think Bill Pulver and Jason Allen, the CEO of the Waratahs, would have been the ones fretting over it for such a long time. I think they were positive about him staying, and I think the the reason why he stayed was that you know Michael Checker uh, with the Waratahs allowed him to um, get involved in the game, enjoy the game, and he wanted to create an experience there where he wanted to stay. Not. For yep. The fact that you know there's something else dangling over, you know, potential to go back to a different code.
3: Yeah, yeah. I think the great thing about it, guys, is that um, and the, the big carrot for Israel Folau would have been the Rugby World Cup 2015 mm-hmm. to have an opportunity to play in that. I think he would have seen his good friend Sonny Bill Williams and what he did uh, at the All Blacks uh, a couple of years ago in 2011. But also, I think uh, for Israel Folau, he needed to stay in a game for a period of time. I think playing a couple of years in AFL, brilliant at rugby league, no doubt about that. State of origin. Playing for the kangaroos but I think it was important for him to stay in A code for a while I think signing two years with the waratahs and the wallabies is really important and he may go a bit longer than after the rugby world cup who knows but I think he, Berkey, he I think he's really enjoyed with the waratahs when he traveled to south africa and went to cape town and had a look around and, and realized how much travel he can do in rugby union but also that British and Irish Lions tour and playing in that gold jersey, I think he realised how important that is and and how much culture and how much traditions in that gold jersey.
1: And he certainly wouldn't look out of place in a sevens gold jersey at the Olympic Games in Rio, which would be a fairly attractive lure, I would have thought.
0: I think they're green, actually. They're lime green, the Aussie jerseys. Lime green. That's all right. Everyone's got their own little bit of uh, of nostalgia. Ours is twelve months old, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> but he, if you get to start there, it'd be fantastic. The tradition, the the transition from fifteen to sevens is is Close enough, thereabouts. Um, but what he showed in that scoring that try, the second test in Brisbane against the Lions, when he went uh, he went inside, uh, I think it was uh, Jonathan Sexton at the same time, gave him too much space. The step, uh, the fend, and then the the the, the sprinting past uh, Lee Halfpenny was just brilliant, you know. And and even the step last week against Israel Dagg when he got the intercept try. So that would that those. Uh, attributes, if you'd call that, to playing sevens would be absolutely brilliant. So, I reckon he'd make the
1: transition easily. You've also said in your article that now that his name he has signed on the dotted line, it's where he's going to play. Now, yeah. you're pushing for number 15. I think he has lob, to. Yeah. I think
0: he has to. Um, and, and Tim, we spoke about this you know months ago when he did play fullback for the Waratahs and they, and they selected the next team, which obviously for the Wallabies, and that if he was to play on the wing, he might get perhaps a little bit lost, and it's it's all it's, it's all well and good to group a back three as in wing wing fullback, but they're they're positionally they're poles apart, and and as we saw in that first game, and sometimes in that line series, that he just gets a little bit lost from wing, as you would if you haven't played there. So, I think he has to be fullback more for the fact that if he gets a shot at it, um, he gets the ball from from counter attack as well.
3: I think, I remember asking Michael Checker after about three or four games uh, of Super Rugby, why have you got Israel rifle out at fullback? And he said, well, there's less responsibility at fullback, and he can he can see the game uh, with a different lens and, and have a look. When you're on the wing, you, defensively, you've got to come up, you've got to go back, so... Playing on the wing for the Wallabies, I think uh, the last couple of games, the last match against the All Blacks, certainly got a lot more ball. But that first game, it was starved of the ball. I hadn't seen, uh, you know, a winger, a Wallaby winger, that quiet. But he's a he's a wonderful player, and I think he's starting to understand now how to get himself involved into the game.
1: To me, the other, uh, other big name, of course, and who has uh, crossed codes mm. uh, is Sonny Bill Williams. Now, of course, he's at the Roosters. They're looking towards a grand final uh, appearance this year, you'd imagine. Uh, and he, there's talk again about him returning to rugby. What, what have you guys heard?
3: Yeah, uh, there is uh, talk that apparently he's already signed with the Chiefs uh, in Super Rugby for three years. So, um, Coda Nasa, his manager, is keeping things pretty close to his chest. I think, obviously, he doesn't want to take much away from uh, the Roosters and the way that the Roosters are performing. They're, they're number one uh, in the comp they um, you know, potentially could win the grand final with Sonny Bill Williams in it. Imagine if he does that. He's a World Cup, Bledderstoke Cups, a NRL Grand Final. So that, may, if he wins an NRL Grand Final, maybe that's a call. Listen, I've done what I came here to achieve and, and say thanks very much to Nick Politis and the team and then go back to rugby. But he definitely wants to play in the 2015 Rugby World Cup. I know that for sure. On
1: behalf of all the South Sydney fans out there, their Roosters are actually number two at the moment. I think South just <laughs> slid past them. adjust. <laughs> ahead of, yeah, ahead until, of next yeah. weekend's game. That's, that's exactly There's part. a game
3: on today for the Roosters. Yeah,
1: And you hearing the similar things about Sonny Bill, Burke? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's it's
0: gaining momentum, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, more for the fact that, as, as as points that Timmy mentioned, he he changed that twelve role. Uh, you know, a couple of years back, and and his ability to to pass the ball, pass contact, we hadn't seen a great deal of that in rugby union. Um, so um, if if he comes back, you know, great. And then but then. You know, you look at the guys that uh, are there at the moment, Ma Nonu, Ma Nonu must be thinking, mate, just stay a couple more years in league and um, I'll try and get another World Cup and go from there. So mm. they have plenty to choose from.
1: All right. There you have it on this special Father's Day edition. I only say it's a special Father's Day edition because when I say that, that makes it special.
0: Oh. Wait, how did you go? How
1: I go? Did you get oh, the, of team bed. I did. I'll tell you later. <laughs> this is The
2: Rock, the Sunday rugby show.
1: This is the and it's a great pleasure to welcome to the show who man a man who had a frustrating year and it was frustrating not just for him, but for all of Australia. Hoping he could get on the footy field, and of course, talking about uh, Wallaby David Pocock. G'day, mate. Hey, guys. How, are you a um a good watcher of footy, or do you get frustrated? How was it for you this season?
2: Uh, I get pretty nervous. I'm, I'm, I think I'm pretty quiet. Uh, yeah, I guess one of those things you never, you never want to be watching, but there's really not much you can. You can do about it, and it's the thing is you you sort of spend the whole week with with the team, see them go out, and you know if things don't go to plan, uh, you really you really feel for the guys, but there's there's not much you can do.
1: One of the things you you could get out of it, I suppose, was that the experience of just hanging around with George Smith for a while and seeing him come through and have that amazing season. That I guess was a positive for you, and certainly for the Brumbies.
2: Yeah, that was great. Uh, I mean, I was I was so excited when when Jake told me that he was going to come over uh, to play with the Brumbies this year. So that was. That's probably one of my biggest uh, disappointments about missing the Bombers season was uh, missing out on playing alongside him. But it was it was yeah great to have him in the squad. The younger guys really looked look up to him obviously, and, and he brought uh, you know just so much so much experience and then just that real calm, pretty chilled out nature of his.
0: Perhaps, uh, David, just what we all want to know: uh, Are the guns getting any bigger at the moment? You've had a bit of time off the uh, the game. <laughs>
2: another guy doing uh, with uh doing ACL rehab and at one point we were gonna have a bit of a competition to see who could get the biggest guns <laughs> after six months so. <laughs> we, I
3: d- Hey uh, David, Tim here. How far off are you to to making that comeback? It's been it's been a long process, and you've been through it before. Uh, are you any chance of making? Obviously, the Wallabies go on their European tour, which is a Grand, grand Slam tour. So, uh, four home nations plus Italy, they play um, in October, yeah. sort of late November. Are you a chance to make that tour, or will you wait until next year?
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm not too sure. I'm almost at six months, and, and talking to Peter Mice is really keen for me to. Yeah, the full nine months, so that would put me I guess right at the end of the, the spring tour, so I'm, I'm not too sure, I mean talking to Peter is pretty keen for me just to have a pre-season, so that's uh, probably what will end up happening
1: What about, uh, what have you made of the uh, Ewan McKenzie's coming through, the Wallabies obviously it's been a tough start for them, but uh, playing the All Blacks is always going to be tough What have you made of that transition just for, uh, from an outside eye?
2: But, uh, I haven't thought they've been as bad as, as everyone said, you know, I think they, play against the All Blacks, you get punished for your mistakes, and, and they clearly made too many mistakes. But I think there's some real positives there, and I think, you know, with a new coach, uh, two weeks isn't much to, you know, to build into any, any match, you know, whether it be a trial match at Super 14 or at 15 level, Um and to come up against the All Blacks uh, is always going to be a learning experience. So I think as the, the season goes on, I think you can see, you know, a lot more of um, you know the traits that that Ewan brings. You know a real smart approach to, to different teams and and playing you know different style of rugby depending on who you're playing. So I reckon it, it's exciting for Australian rugby. You know a number of young guys coming through, um, a bit more depth around um, fly half. So I think it's really good for us. Uh,
3: David Tim here again. What about what have you learned from Jake White uh, over the time there at the Brumbies? The way that Jake White has built a, a new culture there at the Brumbies and obviously got them to the final this year.
2: Yeah, I guess Jake's Been very strong on um, family values and ensuring that I guess a bit of a a bit of a no dickhead policy kind of thing where yeah everyone gets on, spend a lot of time together, Um, and yeah he's he's very good at just letting Steve Larkham and and Laurie Fisher coach. Uh, I think that that's been great. I've really enjoyed working with uh, Laurie, and and obviously you know the the backs love working with Bernie.
3: That means Matt Burke wouldn't make the Brumbies.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you got
3: in first, <laughs> <couple>. <laughs> Yeah,
1: it's a great club. Having done the uh, the best and fairest a couple of years, that the Brumbies just a great a great bunch of blokes, as you obviously know, David. Now the other thing that's I, I think is terrific is the uh, the A R U with announcing the, the inclusion policy. Basically, it's uh, aiming at stamping out discrimination and homophobia. It's just a sensational initiative, isn't it? And I know that you have uh, already uh, you know put yourself. A supporter of it.
2: Yeah, I, I think it's great leadership um, from the Australian Rugby Union and, and Bill Pulver. You know, it's something that rugby's always been a, you know, a game for all shapes and sizes, and, and I think it, it'll just go and make rugby even more inclusive. You know, homophobia and, and that sort of bullying is something that is, really has doesn't have a place in Australian society. So I think stamping it out in, in, in sport, which is meant to be. Yeah, something that breaks down barriers and brings people together.
1: I think that's fantastic. Yeah, it's and the timing it was, I think, a year out from the uh, the 2014, the Bingham Cup. Uh, it's played in Sydney, known as the Gay Rugby World Cup, uh, which is yeah. a terrific event as well. OK, David, we'll look, we all look forward to the time when you will be running back out onto the footy field. It'll be great you for too. us, and I'm sure it'll be great for you. In the meantime, mate, thanks so much for having a chat with us here on The Ruck. This is The Ruck, the Sunday rugby show on the ruck your sunday rugby show on triple m uh good luck timmy with the uh, the runners in brisbane and the bridge to brisbane they'd be underway i guess at the moment
3: yeah well and truly underway the um there was a few um suits as i drove in this morning to the studio a few batman suits and yeah. two ballerina suits but yeah. yeah they'd be well and truly underway some of them would be finished by now and um i think it arrives in new farm park so uh and then be having a big father's day celebration i'm sure nice how long is that run i think it's about It might be about 12 or 14 kilometres, but there's different Uh, runs and walks you can do. So it's uh, over 20,000 people do it, so it's a fantastic (laughs) event. Berkey, this week, uh, and I understand the Matthew
1: Burke medal was again presented, best and fairest uh, for the Waratahs. How did it go? Michael Hooper. Michael, well deserved. Michael Hooper. Um, Outstanding
0: young player coming through, and and, and we've already spoken to David Pocock. Remember last year, on that tour last year, he was was brilliant, won man of the matches for those games. Uh, and he's also, um, you know, received the, the, the players, well, he got another re- re- award, I should say, already this year, mm-hmm. uh, and got the, the, the players player. So the Matthew Burke Cup, which is, um, you know, well deserved for him. He's, he's standing up as a leader because Michael Checker once says there was talking about him being the captain of the team at the same time, mm-hmm. uh, of Waratah. So, uh, deserved, uh, deserved winner who's played outstandingly
3: well for, uh, for this year. Burke, do you get a vote on your own trophy? No, I don't. Do <laughs> you don't.
0: <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> I don't. It's, um, it's it's voted by the player. It's it's the players' yeah, sure. player yeah, So, yeah. but
1: it's the Matthew Burke Cup. Well, you'd think you'd maybe.
0: You think so you don't it's put summer. your three two I, I one in
3: every week either. No, I, I don't right. do my three two one. <laughs> we, you,
1: are you asked every year, obviously, to hand it over? I am. Yeah. Yes, I couldn't go this year, unfortunately. Oh no, I might, Michael
0: not? Hooper would be devastated. He it would have been devastated. But um, I've uh, I've spoken to him, congratulated him. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Well, the, same, the similar hello award, Matthew in, Burke in, Cup. Hello. Here,
3: you might know me from the
0: Matthew Burke Cup.
3: Well, the similar award was uh, announced on Friday night at the Queensland yes. Reds Gala uh, Ball as well. And Jake Schatz, the number eight for the Reds, he picked up the Stan Pilecki medal. And uh, a wonderful occasion for him. Um, Will Genia was close. Liam Gill was very close as well in the, in the point scoring. But um, same situation. Berkey, from the players, voted by the players. So yeah. Jake Schatz, yeah, certainly uh, well well rewarded. Was Stan Pilecki there? Stan was there, oh, yes. He bothered Awesome. Yeah, he makes it every single. Year. He, yeah, never he never a year. misses a year. Stan, Stan Pilecki Yeah. Oh. Oh. What about yeah. Stan the Stan uh, Pilecki was one, one of those Cup. Yeah. How's <laughs>
1: that yeah. yeah. going? At Swansea. <laughs> At Swansea. Yeah, no, do you get there terrific. often? Yeah, Swansea High School medal. That's that's <laughs> uh, very good. I Stan guess.
3: Pilecki was talking about his warm up. Um. Pretty. Pretty. You know. Just before he'd run out, and he'd always have a, a smoke. And and then his warm up was trying to put the smoke out with his boots. You know? <laughs> <laughs> with the studs. And he realised he, he couldn't do it because he has got the studs on. You know? <laughs> <laughs> ah. Yes. Indeed. All right. Well.
1: That's the. Uh, the awards for the domestic game, let's get back into the international. Uh, there's nothing going on this weekend, but the Wallabies will take on the Springboks in Brisbane next Saturday night. Uh, now, I guess, that, uh, Timmy, some of the Springboks are in camp in Brisbane as we speak, but not all of them. Some of them, I think, have been released over the weekend to play uh, footy in France.
3: Yeah, it's interesting isn't it, that uh, Henny Meyer, the, the Springbok coach, has let some players, I think three or four players, go back and play in France, and they're training, I think, today at the Church of England Grammar School in Brisbane. So the whole squad is here, apart from a few players who are allowed to go and play for their club side in France, which means they won't be arriving in Brisbane until at least Monday lunchtime, and to play a test match against the Wallabies on yeah. Saturday. That's a strange call from the Springboks.
0: Yeah, t- Timmy, but who, I mean, who's paying the freight these days? That's the thing. I mean, these these French clubs are loading up on uh, on international players, and there's a part of I suppose it's like a bit of the rugby league as well. You got to go back and play for your clubs. That's the that's yep. the, the the prestige of, of of being signed for those clubs. Too long. There's a couple, There's a handful of blokes being you know playing down there. Obviously, that's where Drew Mitchell went. Matt Giddo's down yep. there as well. Um, so they've asked these blokes to come back and play, which I I, I think is fine. You know they're, they're releasing their contract is for international, uh, being released for internationals, and mm-hmm. so he's, they're allowed to come out of footballing time, so to speak, or rugby time. So I think, you know, well and good. Make so them keep playing. I mean, Mornay
1: Stain, I think, was one
0: of the players. Mornay Stain, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go yeah. um, you and know. make them earn their keep over in, in France.
1: All right. So their form then, because we've, as we, we've uh, spoken about, the Wallabies have had to take on the All Blacks and just obviously a little bit different level at the moment. Now, they're in a, a rebuilding phase, sort of, well, certainly with new coach Ewan McKenzie trying to get his systems in place. What sort of challenge will the South African team, who have had a couple of hittos against Argentina
3: in the rugby championship, what sort of challenge will they bring to the table, Timmy? Well, certainly for the for the Wallabies, um, it's going to be a lot harder up front. or uh, well, probably similar to the All Blacks, not harder, but uh, because the Springboks have a, a massive forward pack, but. The Wallabies have a, a good record at Suncorp Stadium against uh, many many Test teams, apart from the All Blacks, and um, I think the the Wallabies need to get back uh, on, on the winning way because, Berkey, as you you would have seen the last two Test matches against the All Blacks, it's a tough start for you and McKenzie, but. Some couple of interesting decisions for you and McKenzie and the selectors is what do they do about number 15 with Jesse Mogg um, probably struggling a little bit in those first couple of test matches. I'd like to see Jesse Mogg, a wonderful player, start on the bench and come off the bench with 15 or 20 minutes to go when players are starting to tire a little bit. Um, Do you put Israel Folau there, Berkey? Do you Mm -hmm. put uh, James O'Connor at 15? What do you think that you and McKenzie should do there? And also, do you leave Matt Tamua there, who I thought played pretty well in uh, two weeks ago against the All Blacks, do you, do you leave Matt Tamur there or do you bring Quade Cooper in now in, in his home soil? I've thrown the change up, Timmy. I've thrown uh, Folau at fullback uh, just to
0: get some more touches on the ball, get involved more. And then I've also uh, mentioned that Cooper could come back into the team. Um, you're right, Matt Tamur hasn't done anything wrong. I thought he's, uh, you know, his first two games were quite good. But then if you're going to blood someone, again, who's had a tough time in the last little while in, in regards to you know, reception, we spoke about it uh, last week or the week before, about the booing and that kind of stuff mm. – um, Put him on in, up in Queensland, fit him again, yep. fit him in into that environment where he's comfortable. Put him with uh, his, you know, his playing partners in Will Genia, and get that combination sorted again. So, I think, um, I think strategically this week would we might be a change in the number ten role as well. To put
1: Cooper at ten, yeah, that would be good to see him running around uh, in Brisbane, getting that sort of support and mm. uh, playing with a bit of a smile on his face. And you're right, because Will Genia, he's been held in so closely in check, hasn't he? Apart from his, you know, the individual tribe, but the, the All Blacks did get to him. I think also uh,
0: as a part of that he's doing his job and, and everyone else's at the same time so maybe he he has that release by giving more play and more, more responsibility to Cooper at the same time and no doubt Helmy you saw in the games in the last two weeks that when he did come on there was just a bit more speed a bit more width than people perhaps running off him a little bit more. Not, and again, not taking away from anything from Matt Tamur. I think he's got uh, a, a fantastic future ahead of him.
3: All right. Do they, sorry, Timmy, did they win? No, I was going to say, I, I agree. Like I think you and McKenzie picked on form. He picked Matt Tamur, and Matt Tamur has shown some very good form, but I, I agree that he probably kept Quade Cooper in a bit of cotton wool for those first two test matches. And, yeah, I, I'm not sure what Ewan McKenzie will do. He keeps his cu- cards pretty close to his chest, but Quade Cooper will play some um, time in that match. All right, this is The Rock. It's your Sunday morning rugby show on Triple M.
0: This is The Rock. Sunday
3: rugby show. It
1: is your Sunday, bloody Sunday uh, rugby show right here on Triple M. Tim Horan, Matthew Burke, Tony Squires with you. Interesting development in terms of coaches. Mickey Arthur's been uh, in the news a great deal with cricket, the Australian cricket team he was uh, coaching. Uh, had the falling out, famously falling out, and the whole homework gate mm. in India and parted company uh, was sacked and then there was legal ramifications from that. He's now been linked to to uh the force the western force of course he lives in perth the idea uh, i'm not sure exactly what his role will be but uh, some sort of development role with younger guys there the idea of somebody who is a a, a sport which isn't uh, only has glancing blows really to the sport he's now coaching have you guys had that where somebody who's not a traditional
3: rugby coach has been involved in your setup and how does that work and yeah timmy yeah, I think, um, and Mickey Arthur's potential role, if he agrees with the Western Force, Tony, it looks like it's going to be yeah, part of recruitment, but also about the academy, setting up the academy structure. So yep. I don't think. And talent identification from someone coming outside of a, a sport like like cricket to rugby is totally different. But yeah. setting up the structure of a foundation, not actually selecting players, I think cert- certainly worthwhile. We can learn from other sports, and um, you know we learned from John Muggleton, who has played for Parramatta in in the NRL competition for many years uh, with my hero Brett Kenny, yeah. and he was um, a great
1: defensive coach, wasn't he, John? Muggleton? He was. So yeah. he
3: came into the Wallabies and was our defensive coach, and then he's now been with the, the Melbourne Rebels for many years as well. So um, those the the, the the learnings you can get. Get across sport board, I think it's fantastic. Sir Clive Woodward, who was the England rugby union coach for many years, mm-hmm. um, then when he finished and won the World Cup in 2003, a couple of years later, I think he went to Southampton um, in, in soccer in the UK and, and helped out their structure. Um, Brian Smith from NRL um, went down to help the Brumbies the yep. last couple of years. So uh, the, the one person I'd, I'd love to be able to get. Um, across from rugby league at some stage to help out maybe the Wallabies or the Queensland Reds or the Waratahs would be Wayne Bennett yep. um, just to have his knowledge and his, and his school base and, and similar I mean rugby union and, and league are similar in some areas especially defensively so I think we can certainly learn from, from other coaches Berkey It's a transfer of skill isn't it, it it's, it's,
0: it's a program or a structure in place that works in one way and can work in, in a different environment but the difficulty is as we've seen in, in cricket and, and at the moment we've even someone like Pat Howard's gone across in a, a, uh, a high-performance role, there's mm-hmm. always criticism of someone coming in yeah. from a different background. So, yeah, And that right. is the, that's is that—that's the difficulty. But if, if he puts programs in place and then you get the rugby heads around that to be able to, to put the structure in, then it can, then it can work. Um, we had Wayne Bennett come for one session, uh, Timmy, if you remember, years ago, 1998 yep. it was, up in Caloundra, and just uh, spoke to us after the session and gave us a few tips and a few pointers on... On uh, on certain plays, but yeah, you're right. If you can get some kind of wisdom, to were they were they there,
1: good? Were they was it beneficial? Oh
0: yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's beneficial because it's something that we we were new to, and 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 the rugby league guys have been doing it for a while. So well, I have no worries about transfer of skills. I think it's fantastic. I think someone sometimes, if you can get someone else who can come in from a different sport and add something to you to make you think more, I think that can be a real benefit.
3: Yeah, I think it's a different voice too, Burke. and they yeah. might be saying a similar sort of type of subject than, than your current coach, but it's a different voice, a different perspective as well, but I think we had Vicky Wilson come in, for Australian netballer years ago to the Wallabies and teach us about, in line-outs, about different catching skills and technique. Um, I think what the Wallabies probably need to get in uh, at some stage is an is an AFL skills coach, because the high ball for the Wallabies yep. has been a problem over the last couple of years. Um, Will Genia is brilliant on it, um, Israel Folau as well, but there's some other players there that just need that, just that little bit of technical skill and if you get an afl uh, consultant in for a period of time with the wallabies the all blacks are brilliant at it um they always have a they have mick Byrne, who's an ex-afl player uh and a coach there. their kicking coach and their high ball catching coach and something the wallabies should look at in that in that cross code
0: you wonder if it's ego sometimes that doesn't allow them to to draw someone across from a different code but timmy you mentioned um uh, Bert Kenny, Brett Kenny was your hero. Did you ever try and grow the moustache like him as well? <laughs> oh, no,
3: on tour I did, but I had to end up putting a bit of mud across the top of <laughs> just to make it look good.
1: <laughs> the other name in talking about that cross code stuff you you mentioned earlier, uh, Timmy, is Rick Charlesworth. He's a guy mm. who, you know, keep great cricketer, obviously, uh, but the Australian hockey, the men's hockey, women's hockey, he's done a bit of everything as well, hasn't he?
3: Yeah, he has. And, uh, and as Berkey mentioned, it's all about um, cross learning from different codes, and, and certain codes uh, can benefit other codes as well. So oh, I think it's great for the game and great that, you know, someone like, um, you know, Wayne Bennett could, could go and coach somewhere else. But I think for, for Mickey Arthur, I think it's more about just setting up the structure of their, uh, their, their foundation of their, of their recruitment going forward. I think it's a pretty good call if he lives over there and Michael Foley gets on well. Mickey, he loves his rugby. He's a South African, so, um, yeah, why not use him? When we come back, find out what's gone on in the world of sport. You're listening to The Ruck on Triple M.
2: This is The Rock,
0: the Sunday rugby show.
1: On Triple M, just time for us to wrap it all up uh, before we get you a little bit of the rest of the world sport in uh, Club Rugby. What happened yesterday, uh, Berkey? Southern Districts beat
0: Randwick 57-25 yeah, in a uh, high scoring game. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, it's a Kobe of,
1: Kepu came back for Randwick. Yeah, bit yeah, of entertainment.
0: How good's that? How good's that when the the Wolby players go back and play? Rob
1: Horn was at, playing at for the Club footy. It's yeah.
0: fantastic. I mean that's what they that's what it used to be in the in the early early days you can go down and, and see these yeah. heroes running around. So and then today uh, Manly play Easts at Coogee. So if you're down in Sydney, Father's Day is spectacular. Go down and watch the game.
1: That will be a nice
0: afternoon at Coogee Oval. And right? I think the winner out of that place, Eastwood for a chance in the final of the next week.
1: Beautiful. What about Brisbane? Uh, the game's today, I
3: think, uh, Timmy, is that right? yeah that's right a big day out of Ballymore so if uh, it's a lovely sort of twenty eight degrees in uh, Brisbane today so get out there and support your your club uh, GPS will take on university today so Nick Frisbee plays for GPS one of the uh, the Reds players three o'clock at Ballymore and whoever wins that game gets the right to play against East in the grand final next Sunday so uh, good opportunity to get out there Michael liner is uh, coming is back from the UK he had a came to the dinner on Friday night and he's going out to Ballymore today as well to uh, say hello to everyone and then obviously Saturday Tony, Wallabies and Springboks at Suncorp Stadium. So we'll obviously um, do a post-game wrap-up of that next Sunday on the ruck. But, yeah, tickets still available from Tech there. It should be about 45,000 people so far as uh, tickets are nearly sold out. Brilliant.
1: All right, and just a one big uh, well done to uh, an Aussie who just never gives up. I love his ticker. Leighton mm. Hewitt in the US Open, playing to all hours yesterday. He beat Juan Martin Del Potro in five sets. Just sensational performance. Has he
0: changed his name now? I thought it was Juan Martin. Juan Martin. Just one Martin. Well, I just changed it for him. <laughs> I
1: think it's just
2: top Johnny of Martin, Australian. Australian. Johnny <laughs> yeah,
1: Martin, yeah. yeah, Johnny Johnny Martin Del Porto. <laughs> uh, now, because Leighton goes to play Yevgeny, am I going to get this pronunciation right? Oh, Yevgeny Donskoy. Uh, who may be Russian, uh, he, he plays him in the third round. So well done, Leighton Hewitt. He loves it there in New York, and he loves—he just loves yeah, it. How good there. is he? Yeah. I'll, give you, I'll
0: give you the first two, and then I'll just chase you in three, four, and five. <laughs> it's so Fantastic. good. Fantastic. Yeah,
1: the great man. All right, uh, enjoy your football. Get out and watch one of those finals if you're in Brisbane or Sydney. We'll catch up again next week. See ya.
0: This is The Rock, the Sunday rugby show.